the Lord is one. Jesus doesn't simply quote Deuteronomy chapter 6. He recites words that are written on his heart. Some of the first words he learned to speak. Words every child of Israel knows must be said every day, morning, noon, and bedtime. Hear, O Israel, Shema Yisrael. As a young man, Jesus learns to bind those words as a sign on his hand and to fix them as a frontlet on his forehead. Joseph nails them to the frame of the door of their house in Nazareth. Jesus learns to remember those words on his going out and his coming in. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. When I hear those words, I go back to a Sunday or a Saturday morning in Jerusalem at the Western Wall. A young man stands in the plaza in checkered shirt and cargo pants, army haircut like so many Israeli young men and women, binding his wrists and forearms with leather thongs and reaching up to run a thong around his head. Wrists and forehead now bare little leather pouches, and I know each pouch contains tightly, tightly rolled bits of paper with Hebrew letters on them. He can't do it all for himself. It's awkward. It looks like he's learning how, and three older men, much older than him, help him, and they're wearing fringed scarves with blue stripes, white with blue stripes, like their country's flag. You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and I always add, as Jesus did, with all your mind. A lover says, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with the best thoughts I can muster, with all the strength I have in me, I love you. When God cries out through the prophets against the nation's unfaithfulness, God takes the role of a betrayed husband, an abandoned wife, an ignored mother, a broken-hearted lover. A young Israeli stands in the plaza at the Western Wall, and for all who will look, he claims, asserts, and goes on learning his identity and his purpose. The old man helped the young man. They model love for him. They lead him to a spot they have claimed in that busy place. There are two card tables there. One holds a portable ark. And I think how much it looks like a tool chest or a medicine cabinet. And with such reverence, the men open the ark, take out a tool for living, medicine for life. A Torah scroll. One of them carries the scroll like a child in his arms to the other table. Slowly and slowly, the third man unrolls the scroll. The three men read together, singing those words, a love song. Covenant, commitment, duty, repetition. Sometimes doing what you must, whether you feel it or not. 
it's easier to act your way into feeling than it is to feel yourself into acting. Living in a time, a world, where love is, well, what is love? So let's say simply that this loving act is countercultural, revolutionary, an act that sets these lovers apart from others. Responding to the call to love God sets ancient Israel apart from others when they enter the promised land. Jesus' love sets his disciples apart from and at odds with empire. A young man learns ancient acts of intimacy and declares who he is in today's mostly secular Israel. And you and I come to the communion table, claiming and reclaiming, newly asserting and relearning identity and purpose. It's a public act of intimacy with God, our partner in covenant. We answer the call of the great commandment, a call to love truly, madly, deeply. And we come together to the communion table to do something Well, something that makes no earthly sense. No more sensible than a young man standing in a public place, wrapping himself in leather thongs with ancient words attached to them and learning life lessons from ancient men in postmodern Jerusalem, a city that makes little earthly sense. What we do here today is no more reasonable than a widow setting out on a long journey to a home she half remembers, to her people who half remember her, though I'm sure they haven't forgotten how her husband took her away to enemy territory. She hopes there's a future for her there, something better than her present, and it has to be better than her recent past. Her widowed daughter-in-law insists on going with her all the way to a place where any reasonable person might very well just turn her around and send her back where she belongs, in Moab. Ruth's pledge to Naomi is so beautiful. How often has it been read or sung or both at weddings? And those words do sound beautiful when we're high on love. But on Ruth's lips, they are words that seal a covenant. It's a marriage of souls. But more, it's a radical act of faith in a God Ruth only knows through Naomi's loving, faithful ways. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, heart would be enough on its own because heart is soul, mind, and strength. Alice McKenzie teaches preachers, and she writes about this. Loving God with all your heart means bringing everything to God, The heart, in Hebrew and New Testament understanding, is the home of emotions and decision-making. It is the home of caring, but also of character, commitment, creativity, and carry-through. To love God with your whole heart is to love God with everything you have. That young Israeli at the Western Wall comes to give his whole heart Yahweh. Ruth gives her whole heart to Naomi and through that to Naomi's God, the God of Israel.
The scribe who comes to question Jesus comes to give his heart to Jesus, which, as Mark tells the whole story, his 12 closest disciples never managed to do, at least while he's with them. And Jesus answers the scribe with a second commandment that's as great as the first. It's from Leviticus. Because the Lord your God is your God, is your God you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that doesn't mean, as some do say, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. It doesn't mean, as some do say, that we have to learn to love ourselves first before we can give love to others. It does mean wholehearted love. Accepting my neighbor as part of myself. Because I can't be the self God made me to be alone disconnected, alienated, separated from others. Since last weekend, the Muslim community in Pittsburgh and Muslims around the U.S. have come together and reached out to their Jewish neighbors, especially in and around the Tree of Life congregation in Pittsburgh and its neighborhood. A total from all sources of about a quarter of a million dollars was raised in just a few days. And Muslims will pay the funeral expenses and hospital bills from those from Tree of Life congregation, those who were killed, those who were wounded, those who were in distress. And they offered to protect their Jewish neighbors by surrounding their places of worship this weekend if anyone felt unsafe. And in fact, yesterday in seven congregations throughout the GTA, cordons of Muslims and Christians joining hands together protected the synagogues of their neighbors. And at least in Pittsburgh, they did it at risk because men like Robert Bowers so often inspire copycats. And last year, after the shootings in the mosque in Quebec City, Jews and Christians did the same thing. You shall love your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. When you read and recite those words from the Torah or the Quran or the Christian New Testament, it doesn't matter. The words call for response wholehearted response. And in response to current events and conditions in the United States, but really for all around the world, Jesuit journalist Father James Martin wrote these words. What Jesus never said. Feed the hungry only if they have papers. Clothe the naked only if they're from your country. Welcome the stranger only if they're zero risk. Help the poor only if it's convenient. Love your neighbor only if they look like you. Moabite Ruth loves Hebrew Naomi. Naomi will claim for foreigner Ruth what migrant Ruth has no right to claim under Israel's covenant with God. But outsider Ruth will find protection, a new life, and love with Boaz, a faithful, dutiful son of Israel.
whose mother, by the way, was a Hebrew heroine with a checkered past. Refugee Ruth's great-grandson will grow up to be Israel's greatest king and the most famous ancestor of Jesus. It all unfolds 